Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I'm Tim. And I'm Trey. This week, we are flying high and seeing what else is in store for Tony Stark in Iron Man 2. Does this movie deserve all the hate it gets? Well, stick around and find out, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a dinosaur, a beach, or a tree, it's all. It's just all geek to me. All right, Trey. We are back. Back in the MCU, we did Iron Man 1, we did Incredible Hulk, we are now on Iron Man 2. We've made it. We have made it to the third movie. <laughs> out of, how does it feel to be this far out of in the MCU? How many movies now? <laughs> Almost 30, I think. Almost 30. Um, just to spend days to get caught up on the MCU. Um. Iron Man 2, Iron Man 2, I don't, initial thoughts, I don't think it deserves all the hate it does get. Um, There are some elements in it that we are going to talk about that I'm not a big fan of. Um, But overall, this movie does a lot to set up other elements of Marvel that we now know and kind of take for granted. And I'm excited to kind of go through those with you. What are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, my initial thoughts are I enjoyed the film from a viewer point of view. Um, Just a casual viewer. I think it's a fun movie. I don't think this movie deserves a lot of the hate it gets for being as bad of a film as people say it is. Because I definitely think there's worse films in the MCU in general. Because I enjoy it. It's kind of a simple story. It definitely isn't per- a perfect film. It has its problems, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that. But my initial thoughts and initial you know, response to it is I enjoy it. I enjoy the movie. But I enjoy most films, so that's, you know, take it or leave it as, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think as, like we said, this is a third Marvel movie. They're still finding their footing, and I think this is a phenomenal third movie coming right off the heels of the Incredible Hulk. Which honestly did not do well. No, it didn't. And I think having another Iron Man seeing Tony Stark before seeing any other Marvel characters was a good step. I think viewers needed this the first time we're really getting this big Marvel universe. And I think it would have kind of fell flat if we went from Iron Man incredible hulk and then all of a sudden we got thor i think we needed this movie where it was placed in order to allow viewers to accept that these superhero movies are good i definitely agree with that um because they they did need that that bridge and i think it honestly i think it did a lot more than just accepting that the movies were good Cause I think it also, it brought in a lot of like agent Coulson and shield 
and shield being really something in phase one that connects all of these films and all of these characters and so like agent colson being with iron man and with tony for the you know kind of the second act of the of the movie and then being like all right i'm out of here i have another assignment and that assignment being thor and so I liked that. And I think that, like, you're right, it, it does a it does a really good job of being a bridge and kind of showing that, like, yeah, just because we're not seeing these characters on screen doesn't mean they're not doing anything. They're doing things in other movies because all these movies are happening at the same time. So the first time we see Nick Fury is in the donut shop, if I remember correctly. And You are correct. He talks about, I can't babysit you. I've been over here doing this thing, over here doing that thing. And if you've been watching through the MCU at this point, you know, oh, that's the Incredible Hulk. He's kind of dealing with that mess probably. Yeah, he says something about like, I have a bigger problem in the West. Yeah. Or something. Western hemisphere I got to deal with. And it's like, oh. It could also be referring to Thor. It could also be referring to the hammer. But what this is all known as is Fury's big week. Yeah. And... I was just about to mention that. Great minds. Great minds. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and the next one, Thor, all happen within a week of each other, Mm -hmm. which is kind of insane to think about, but it makes sense in the story. And I think Iron Man 2, like you said, it's the bridge. It connects all of these movies together. Yeah. And I think it it shows everyone just how big this universe can get through S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think they use S.H.I.E.L.D. really well in in this movie to kind of show that. Because um, I think you are right in the sense of, I think it's um, when we first see Nick Fury, I think he is talking about Incredible Hulk. Because that's kind of happening, I think, first. And then later in the movie, I think a couple of days go by. And that's when Coulson leaves to go to, I think, New Mexico for Thor. Yeah, And so I right. think it goes Incredible Hulk... Iron Man 2 and then Thor to kind of cap off the week for Nick Fury and Agent Coulson partially. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it deserves the the flack it gets. Um, but I definitely don't think it's, our, or it's the best Marvel movie out there. I think it's an underrated film that is important, but isn't great. Yeah. And this is going a little bit ahead. One of the problems I have with this movie is also one of them that I have with Age of Ultron. And okay. it feels as if it's a movie setting up other movies. This one doesn't that. do it as much as Age of Ultron does, but sometimes it feels like it takes away from the story and the motives of the characters when mm-hmm. we have Nick Fury coming in talking about the the hammer or Coulson leaving or we have a random Captain America shield show up. Or yeah. um, Scarlet, or sorry, Black Widow shows up and she has a great role in this movie, but it definitely feels almost as a setup for S.H.I.E.L.D. and upcoming projects. Doesn't take away fully from the movie, but I think it does detract a little bit. Yeah, because it's almost you need those other films to make this film better. Um, like you need all of those things to be like, oh, that's what this is going on. Oh, that's when this is going on to make this film even better and stand up taller, which is kind of hard. Um, it's kind of hard when you're going through individual films and kind of taking them on their own and be like, all right, does this stand on its own when you need other films to make this one better? 
Exactly. But yeah, uh, let's kind of hop into our our ratings. Um, I'm going to go do a quick overview again because it's been a while since we're doing MCU watch. So our first category is acting, just kind of straightforward. How is the acting? How the actors did? Our second category is kind of villain hero stories, um, the overall story, the motivation, the character arcs, uh, good and bad. Um, our next category is directing style or directing in general. So story structure, directing choices, as well as cinematography. Um, our fourth category is sound. So this will be the scores, the song choices, as well as sound effects. And some of these will apply to some films. Some of them won't apply as much to another to every film. Uh, the last one is color choice. So this would be that color palette. Costumes is in here as well as color representation. So this film this film doesn't really have a lot of color representation and color palette choices in it at times, as like other films will, but the costumes is really what's um, in this category. But that's kind of our five different categories that we're going to kind of be going through, and we're starting it off with acting. So Trey, what do you think? Initial thoughts on acting, or not initial thoughts, let's just get into it. I want to start with the good, because this movie did have some had some great acting and I think the standout was I don't remember the name of the actor but the guy who played Justin Hammer Um, Justin Hammer is a character who just bleeds arrogance in a way (laughs) that's so similar to Tony Stark yet so different yeah and Justin Hammer the, the actor who played him was phenomenal in it you just wanted to hate him just from the start. And it was great. I love seeing that. And he is, I would consider, the main villain of the movie. And he lands it. I think he lands that role. Even though he doesn't necessarily fight anyone, he pulls all the strings. And like I said, he he was great. I want to see more of him, which is why I'm excited for the new Marvel TV show called Armor Wars. He is going to be back and I'm excited to see that more than a lot of this, a lot of the other Marvel shows that are coming out. I definitely agree. I really liked Justin Hammer um, in the film. Um, I kind of going off of what you were saying about him as well. I like how he was an awkward version of Tony. Like Tony, when you first, we first see him, he, Iron Man suit flies into the Stark Expo, lands on the stage to an like 80s rock song and, you know, kind of stands there and is like, oh, it's good to be back. And like does this great casual billionaire. I'm a cool guy. I look good while I do it type of attitude. And it's very easy. But then like fast forward to the end of the film justin hammer on the same exact stage that tony stark was walks out for his expo presentation to another you know rock song and dances and does this like you know shimmy and stuff and it's just awkward and it just is this kind of a uncomfortable and awkward and i think it's perfect Cause it fits his character that he tries to be that cool, you know, Tony Stark esque weapons manufacturer, 
but it's just kind of awkward and not as smooth, you know? And so I think I totally agree. I think he stole it and it was just great in his awkwardness because that's exactly what his character is. Oh, definitely. And going on that topic too of Tony Stark like and the foils there, Robert Downey Jr. killed it as Tony Stark again. I don't think yeah. he has a single bad performance as Tony Stark in the whole MCU. If we had to give his weakest, I probably would put this one in. But it's Probably. not saying like a lot. Like he still killed it. Um, oh yeah, and I think we expected that. Like I literally went in and was like, "All right, RDJ, he's killing it. Like he does a great job. He portrays Iron Man so well." Uh, going into the other, I only have two aside from Robert Downey Jr. that I would say stole the show. The other is Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle as Rhodey. So previously, Iron Man one, we had. Uh, remind me who the actor was. Uh, Terrence Howard, I believe. Terrence Howard as Rhodey. And he did good. There were some elements that we didn't really care for when we did that. But Don Cheadle, from the minute you see him, he feels like Tony Stark's best friend. He feels like he cares for Tony. He feels as if he's trying to do the best he can with also being that friend for Tony even though both yeah. of them clashed the whole movie. Oh, 100%. And Don Cheadle did amazing at it. He he was able to show you both of those in very intricate ways. Yeah, I really love that actor change. Um, I just thought he did such a good job. He was funny. He was so great with the one-liners, like just delivering these great one-liners during combat and during all these different things. He was great. Definitely stole the show. I do appreciate that his first line in the, in the movie was kind of an address to the audience, not as much to in the movie. And it was basically telling the audience, yeah, we changed the actor. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And because his first line was something along the lines of, yeah, I'm here. Let's move on. And that was his first line. And I just love it because that's de- that was definitely towards the audience. That was definitely, uh, yeah, we changed the actor. Get over it. We're moving on. And because I think it's literally, yeah, I'm here. Um, get over it. Let's move on. And I think that's the line. And it's it's perfect. It's just, let's move on. And he did great. He killed it. And so I'm really excited for Armor Wars because I believe he's in that one as well. Correct. He should be. So the last time we saw him was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And in was that Was John Cheadle in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Very briefly in the first episode, he was talking to um, Falcon. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. He was talking to him about the, the shield. And in that show, he was I, I believe he talked to something about or trying to figure out stuff with Tony's arsenal or like the weapons manufacturing or something like that. Yeah. So it, it was a at hint. Armor Wars. Yeah, it was a hint that he was going to be in it and it's been confirmed. Yeah, I'm excited for that show for him and Hammer, but I I think it does great. And I I don't think kind of like Robert Downey Jr. doesn't do a bad job at Tony Stark. I don't think Don Cheadle does a bad performance as Rhodey. Cause he plays that, you know, military I, I play by the book, which is way opposite to my best friend who, you know, d- 
does whatever he wants really well. He plays that, you know, straight tie guy really well. Yeah, and I do think he gets a short end of the stick in a few movies. Um, Don Cheadle, like you said, never really feels as if he gives a bad performance, but sometimes his dialogue isn't everything that we want it to be. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like Iron Man 3, he had a smaller role. And then in um, Infinity War, he had a very small role. And I think those two didn't represent the character as well. But Iron Man 2, I think, is one of his best roles as this character. I definitely agree. I think he was a, a very big standout um, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, another person I thought did a good job, which was not surprising, was Scarlett Johansson. I thought this was oh, a great definitely. intro to Black Widow and the character. Because she was like every time you see Black Widow, it's a different personality because she's playing a different persona. So when she's Black Widow, she's you know the the military agent, the spy, and then she's playing the secretary, which is a completely different personality. And so I'm very, I was very impressed by that. With like kept similarities on each, but was definitely acting different and responding different to questions and just yeah having that flip of a coin almost. Now going into a little bit of the bad. This this has brought my rating down, by the way. So Justin Hammer and Rhodey, I think were my top two. Great actors. But honestly, I really did not care for the guy who played Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Ivan. That's not his actual name, but that's the character. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. I was about to bring him up. I, I, did, I wasn't a fan. I felt kind of just flat. Like he was obsessed with this bird. And I think it's more writing than anything, but like, so he fun didn't fact still about that. play it well. I I read this earlier, so take this with a grain of salt. I do not know if this is true, okay. but the actor who played Whiplash said he would do it on like two or three conditions, and one of them was that he had a bird. So that wasn't even in the script. I don't think. I think that was the actor saying, "I'll be in it if you give me a bird." That's so weird. Yeah, and even with that, there were some other things that he asked for. And just as an actor, I'm not even thinking about the motivations of the villain right now. Just acting, I never got emotion from him. I don't know if we were really supposed to with this type of villain, Mm -hmm. but there were times where I felt like, oh, you definitely need some emotion there, not just anger. And yet, we never got that. Yeah. I don't know. I just did not care for the acting there. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, he was just very straightforward and, like, for lack of a better term, stoic. Yeah. And he was just kind of, like, there. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll do this. You know, do this on a computer. Or, you know, like, some of the conversation between him and Hammer, which is most of the film. Like, you're you're introduced to him in the beginning, which I like that introduction scene, actually, with it being the end of Iron Man 1. I like that introduction scene. But then you get him kind of building his first initial thing. And then he gets arrested. And then for the rest of the film, besides the last like 20 minutes, it's him talking to Hammer the entire time. And every time they have a conversation, it's Hammer coming in, being upset with something he did and him responding with like drone better. 
this better. <laughs> Get over it. And it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm not. And you have I'm to not think feeling like, it, man. how much of that was writing and how much of that was the actor. And even we've talked about this in previous movies, even with terrible writing, you can still act like well with it. You can still try oh, yeah. to elevate the material. And even with us, let's just say the writing was terrible and that's how they wrote it. Well, y- you could have done something more with it. You could have had some more emotion with it and it just didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was there. So with yeah. that, it actually brought my rating down. It's still probably my highest of all of the categories, to be honest, is acting. Interesting. Okay. Um, overall, I gave this a seven and a half. It's not terrible. Nice. Rody and Justin Hammer killed it. Whiplash, not so much. Uh, mine was ended up being a seven. All so right. So I, I thought he kind of brought it down. And since, you know... Ivan was supposed to be your quote unquote main villain, even though I feel like Justin Hammer was more of a main villain. Um, I gave it a seven. So, yeah. Okay. So, moving on then to the villain and the arc. We've already, we just started talking about this. So, it's perfect that we're going into it. Oh, yeah. Justin Hammer and Ivan are the two villains of the movie. Essentially, they're working together. However, if we really look at the villains themselves, like you said, Justin Hammer is the main villain. Whiplash is more of a side villain. And the balance between the two, I don't think did very well in this movie. I don't think they balanced it. And I wanted to see a lot more of Justin Hammer by the end than I did of Whiplash, which is saying something because Whiplash should have been the more interesting villain. Yeah, I mean, we get a final fight with Whiplash and Hammer just gets arrested. Yeah. And like and that's it. My So this is my big critique with this one. My hot take is we did not get a lot of Tony Stark and Whiplash together at all. We had one mm-hmm. showing at the race car track where Whiplash basically is like, I just wanted to show that you weren't a god. Great. Honestly, a great start to a villain hero interaction. Basically yeah. just wanted to bring him down a peg. You want to show excited. that he can bleed. Yeah. I was excited for that. I was like, okay, what's going to happen next? How is he going to tear him apart? And then mm-hmm. Justin Hammer comes in and basically Whiplash is no longer part of the movie. And he's just yep. kind of a side minion. And then the next time we see Tony and Whiplash is at the very end when they're fighting and it's only a minute long. We get this very short fight between the actual Ivan and Rhodey and Tony. Where they and just it's get their over before, yeah, it's over before you know it. And there was no development in Ivan's character. He hated him, mm-hmm. at, hated him at the beginning when they first met. Next time they meet, he gets his butt kicked and there was always hate there to begin with. So I'm and like, he, like, he didn't even hate him because of like actually something that he did to him. He hated him because he didn't give his father credit in the arc reactor. Exactly. And I don't think Tony ever realizes that in the movie. Yeah. He does end up getting there. He does get there because he like sees the plans and so it says Anton Vanko on it. Oh yeah, that's right. But it was never. He does realize, but it's like. It was never spoken to each other. Like they never had that interaction. Because it could have been some really cool dialogue of like, oh, you screwed over my dad or your dad screwed over my dad, which is more accurate. Um, And it could have been a really cool dialogue 
but it was nothing. Tony kind of figures it out on his own, and he has a very short conversation with with um, Nick Fury about it, and it was like, oh, Anton Vanko, he did something with this, right? And Nick Fury kind of fills him in, and then very quickly squashes everything that we you know thought, and it's like, oh, okay, he's it doesn't matter. All yeah. of that is pointless. So, overall, villain and arc, Whiplash was the t- worst part of this whole movie. If I had to pick <laughs> one thing to say why this movie gets a lot of the hate, I think it's Whiplash. He's not a good villain. Yet, we have to talk about the other villain, too. Justin Hammer was phenomenal. He pulled the strings the whole time. He was yeah. the true villain. And even the drone scene was really good with... Rhodey being taken over and all the drones attacking. And even though Ivan was a little bit a part of that, it was Justin Hammer's idea. This was all him trying to tear Tony down a peg, but in a way that he wasn't getting his hands dirty. That is true. Having the suits, I will say that Whiplash did bring in the ideas of making them drones to begin with. Yes. Because Justin Hammer did want them to be suits originally. Um, But yeah, like, Hammer did a great job of being this puppet master, uh, kind of puppet master, of kind of playing both sides, playing the military side of like upgrading Rhodey's suit and things like that, but then also trying to convince Ivan to just tear down Tony, like you were saying, um, in a way, like you were saying, he won't get his hands dirty. And so I liked him a lot in that role. And again, I've said this before, we said this earlier, really excited to see him in Armor Wars because I think we're going to see more of that. And see him yeah. actually maybe get his hands dirty this time. If I could change one thing in this movie, it would say it would be don't bring Whiplash in at all. Don't make it Ivan. Grab a different villain. Grab someone else who is not a major villain in the comics. Someone who doesn't have a personal vendetta. Someone who isn't a main character. Because then you could easily have the exact same thing we just did. But lose kind of all the negativity around whiplash so i'm thinking like what they did with spider-man homecoming the vulture was the villain but his henchman was the tinker and Mm -hmm. so if they would have gave the tinker's job to scorpion there would have been an outrage because scorpion is such a big villain in the comics like why isn't he the main villain i feel like that's what happened here whiplash was the the one people were expecting to be the main one and just wasn't. Yeah. I definitely see that. And I definitely agree. I will say the one thing I liked about whiplash was it's really hard, at least in the early stages of the Iron Man movies to have an Iron Man villain that isn't the exact same as Iron Man. Cause we had that in the first movie um, where it was a bigger suit, the exact same thing, just a bigger suit. And this movie could have easily fell into that. And it kind of did. But I did appreciate that Ivan had the whips for whip, like, you know, whiplash. Yes. And that did make him very different than a Tony Stark suit. Um, so I did appreciate that because I feel like they have a tendency to go that way. Um, but I did enjoy that. So I will say that is, that is a, a small plus to whiplash. So, overall, between Justin Hammer and Whiplash, their arcs, their motivations, just everything about them, what did you give it for 
this rating. Before we get into that, um, I'd like to talk about Tony's motivation and some of the okay. reverse sides of some of the heroes. Um, I actually really like the way Tony acted and the way he was written and his motivations in this movie because he knows he's dying and he can't find a solution for it. And so he's just like, I'm going to do whatever I want to and just have a good time until I die. But more than that, I like how subtle it is that he's slowly covering his bases and getting rid of things to help other people. So when he dies, everything is still taken care of. And I appreciate how subtle it is because in the very beginning, he's in his, his lab and Pepper comes in and says, hey, why'd you get rid of our entire art collection and give it to the Boy Scouts of America? And that's because he knows he's dying. And so he's like, I'm going to, you know, help out this organization. Okay, boom, covered that base, did a charitable deed, got rid of all of this art that's just going to sit in a warehouse. And when I die, boom, covered that, supported them. All right, now I have to worry about Stark Industries. I'm going to give it to Pepper Potts. She's the best. Boom, covered that base. And he's just slowly covering his bases in a methodical way while also just having fun and die- like while he's dying. So I really liked his motivations and his choices. I like that there too. The only issue I had with Iron Man's motivations in this um, in this movie was it just didn't feel like it connected as much to like the villains as mm-hmm. I wanted it to. There was some connection there between Ivan and, and Tony and some foils there. But like you said, the whole movie was really just him about trying to find a way to survive or just die. And we don't get a set realization from Tony because it comes from Nick Fury. Yeah. And it's just something that lacked for me where it wasn't this character development. We talked about in the first Iron Man that there was so much character development between the first Tony and the last scene Tony. Mm -hmm. I did not feel that way with this movie. I felt like we still kind of had the same Tony Stark aside from maybe a little bit accepting of team. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that. And I definitely agree that his motivations weren't linked to Ivan at all, which I think again, kind of gives a lot of backlash and why this movie gets a ton of flack. Um, and I, I do enjoy his motivation and i like it, but there are some missing elements in there as well. Like there's not as much satisfaction when Pepper finally finds out he was dying because he didn't really tell anyone and he wasn't really acting like he was dying unless, until you know he was dying. Then you're like, oh, I could see all of these things. Like you, the reason he was gave Pepper the CEO, the reason he did this, the reason he did that. Um, and so I think they could have done some cool writing where it's some cool dialogue moments to where he was he kept trying to tell her but kept failing and kept you know backing out. And then I think it would have been a little more emotional payoff but I do like it overall, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, I felt the exact same way. It just did not feel complete, I think is yeah. the right word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, going through all the motivations, villains, and all that, let's try this again. <laughs> What's the rating that you got? Uh, my rating 
was a six out of ten. All right. Purely that's exactly because what I got. you that same? Nice. Yeah, I, I put Look a six here too. Yeah, I, I liked Tony's. I like how you could see his choices, the reasoning behind his choices. Um something we didn't talk about was Rhodes. I liked Rhodes' motivation um throughout the film of kind of seeing his friend for some reason go off the handle being tied to the government and being in the military. And so that showed a lot of his motivations and, but, but regretting that as soon as he gave the suit over, he regretted it. Um, and so I liked a lot of his motivation, his story arc, um, and everything we talked about with hammer and whiplash. And so that kind of brought it down, kind of raised it back up and ended up landing on a six. I'm, I'm with you there. Everything we talked about, everything you said, I, I felt the exact same thing. And as much as I didn't like whiplash, hammer and tony and all these other characters definitely brought it up a little bit more for me same so moving on unless you had something else to say no let's Perfect. move on let's go to directing directing yeah so this is gonna be a uh, story structure di- uh, directing choices and cinematography what are your initial thoughts initial thoughts are not good <laughs> um, john favreau did a phenomenal job with the first movie John Favreau kind of gave a little bit of those horror elements to it. He he made it his own. This was the first time we actually got a real superhero movie aside from like Spider-Man and the X-Men movies and maybe mm-hmm. Blade. And everyone thought he was going to flop because he chose a B-list Avenger Iron Man. And everyone was like, what? And it went well. And so I think going into this one, he played it safe. And it did not feel as if this movie was any different than the first one when it came to style and choices. And some of the story was, like we mentioned in the the motivation and the arcs, some of those just didn't flow well as it should have. And so for me, I just think the directing and the style choices Mm -hmm. just didn't flow well for me while watching it. Not saying it's a bad movie, not a bad story. I was just expecting more coming from Iron Man 1. That makes sense. Um, I liked some of the choices he made in individual scenes. And so some of these scenes kind of brought up my overall score. Like I like the uh, the introduction we get when Iron Man leaps out of the plane. Um, because we see, so we inter- we the movie starts off with Ivan in Russia um, at the end of Iron Man 1. And so we see the end of Iron Man 1 on the TV. Ivan's dad dies and Ivan starts building the suit. And so we're seeing all these magazines and everything of what Iron Man is doing and how he's saving the day and how he's doing all of these crazy things and, you know, fighting all these people. And so I like right after that, we see Iron Man for the first time jump out of an airplane into the Stark Expo. But it looks like a military plane. And it looks like he's jumping into a war zone because of all like the fireworks look like, you know, surface to air missiles and stuff. Um, and so I was, I liked that, you know, kind of misdirect almost until he lands in the Stark Expo. And then you're like, oh, this is yeah. a show, you know? And so I appreciated that directing choice of being like, oh, we're going to make you think we're starting off with this whole combat, but it's really just, it's not. And so I really enjoyed that. Um, Kind I also, going, oh yeah, go for it. Going along the lines of that, I think that 
scene itself had a really good transition. Like you said, it was kind of a, you think you're doing this, it's actually this. But aside from that scene, something that I had here was I don't think there's a lot of good transitions in this movie. I could definitely see that. scenes, it's like very abrupt. And it's like, oh, well, weren't we just here? Oh, never mind. We're with Justin Hammer now. Yeah. we're, We're with Rhodey? Okay. Okay. What's happening with Tony right now? He looks drunk. It just, it didn't flow well. Mm-hmm. And I do have that under my directing and style. A little bit of better transition could have made this movie a lot better. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, yeah, that is a bummer. I didn't think of that until you mentioned it. I'm like, oh man, that's true. Um, something I enjoyed was the first time we see Whiplash in his like, I I, I almost don't want to call it a suit at the racetrack um because his it's weapons. not it's like a it's a yeah his with his weapons um but i like the way he did that with the, like he turns it on and like his shirt burns away and i'm like oh that was actually a really cool effect and so i really enjoyed that that transition in that scene of like him turning on his weapons and attacking all the race cars and everything really enjoyed it um so i really like that directing choice um for that but yeah man i now i'm stuck on those transitions because i think you're right dang yeah that, that i think out of everything directing wise i i could accept and i could watch all that but the transitions just threw me off i don't know if it's because this is what 2009 2010 and even back then transitions weren't the best but like Iron Man 1 had phenomenal transitions. Like what happened to this one? And that is why my score is going to be a lot lower on this one. I will okay. say because of that element. There are others like you mentioned with all the different stylized um, points of specific scenes. The race car scene and the final fight with all the drones are probably the two best like directed scenes of this movie. I will also add in Black Widow's fighting at the end. When she's yes, going through the hallway, that. that like choreograph, the choreography of all that fighting is really cool. Um, and the way she like takes them all out methodically. Really awesome. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was the comparison between the Stark, Ex- Ex- uh, Stark Expo. And this isn't in the film, so it's kind of just my personal almost knowledge, but I don't know. And Disney's original idea for Epcot. Because this was very similar to Disney's original idea for Epcot was having all the leading like technology people, like literally all the leading companies be in one place to basically show off new ideas. And even more than just showing off their new ideas in the original plans for Epcot, everyone was going to live that worked there was going to live there and that's in a community and they were all going to get access, not only access, but basically test out all the new appliances and technology. And basically every time, so like say you live there and Samsung came out with a new TV, you would, during the day, someone would come in, take your TV and put the new Samsung TV in your house. And you'd kind of be forced to use it, but you'd get it and get to test it out. And so it's very interesting that that was kind of a, a comparison or a similar idea 
um, with, you know, this being a place where all these technology, techno, technology companies can come, show their ideas, pull their free funding, pull their ideas, and make something really cool. And so, and what's funny is, I as much that. as it resembled Epcot, like you were saying, Disney did not have the rights to Marvel at this time either, which is kind of ironic that they eventually got the rights to Marvel. Did they not at this point? I thought that they did at this movie. No, it's not until it could be Captain America or Avengers, I think. I think it's Avengers. Really? Because you can tell with this movie, because I laughed as I watched it, there is alcohol. There is drugs. There is a lot of these elements that Disney will not allow in this that movie. Is true. Just like the first one. And you can tell when it's Disneyized, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because you won't see those anymore. Alcohol is something that may be referenced, but never straight up seen in any of the Disney movies. That's true. Same oh, man. I didn't realize smoking. that. Smoking. If I remember correctly, Disney does not allow any characters to smoke in their movies. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of the like generals and stuff were like smoked. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. That's interesting. Do you have any other any other thoughts on style and directing? Um I kind of mentioned a lot of other categories. Like I thought it was a great intro to Black Widow. Um, and I thought they did a really great job with that. I would have liked to see more. Um, of her but it makes sense it's not a black widow movie it's an it's an iron man movie um but that's kind of it um i really like the scene and the way he directed it and the cinematography for when he creates the new element that was that is that is one of my favorite scenes of this movie and it's been one of my favorite scenes since the first time i ever saw this movie when it came out um i just i love that scene i think it's really cool from beginning to end when he's like creating like with the hologram and like all right Jarvis get rid of this get rid of this and expand this and all of that with that and then the actual creation of it I love that whole sequence um but yeah that's kind of all I got what is your final score all right so I want to remind everyone in our rating scale of one to ten a five is average like it was there I enjoyed it a little bit just was there Anything below is more dislike. Anything above is more like. I had a four in this category. I Dang. did not like as much as I liked in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the transitions are the number one issue I had. It just was very abrupt. So I'm keeping it with a four for this movie. Okay. Um, I'm very similar. Five is average. If it's above a five... It's better than average until 10 would be perfect and less than a five is less than average. Mine was a six. So not awful, not great, slightly better than average. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the elements and the choreography of different things. Wasn't great. I'm also not the harshest critic and I'm aware (laughs) of this. I have to be the same consistency between every movie to make sure that they all are accurate. So I'm trying to be as harsh as I was with the others. There you go. I am never been a harsh critic and I'm aware of that. So, (laughs) all right, then let's move on to sound and score and sound effects. Anything that makes a noise in this movie, we're going to rate it. 
And yeah. what's your initial thoughts? Um, I liked the song choices. I thought they did a great job of continuing the theme of Iron Man with like the the rock music and like the woo, let's go. Um, I like that. But at the same exact time, the overall sound like score of the film was eh. like it wasn't great. It, there's nothing to write home about. It's not awful. I've definitely seen worse. Um, but it's it's definitely not anything great. So, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I couldn't tell you what songs were in there right now. I and I just watched it like a day ago. Yeah. And I I also do say think that the sound effects were really well done just like the first Iron Man movie. So when Whiplash ignites all of his tentacle things, whips, the whips, yeah. Whiplash whips. Yeah. That that's fair. <laughs> that's accurate. That's the um, only thing I can think of. <laughs> Well, when he ignites them, it sounds really cool. When that Iron does. Man is using his suit, it looks and sounds really cool. When they're blasting off and uh, shooting everything, it sounds awesome. It's the score, like you said, and the soundtrack and all this that just did not work well with the movie. Or at least it did, and I just forget. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I was. I was just like, eh. It wasn't great. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, so for me, that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, same for me. This is average. This is a five. Like it was there. Yeah, I gave it a five. Um, I tried not to compare it to the first movie because um, I'm trying to. Comp- I'm trying to have each movie stand on its own, and so that's why I really enjoyed the songs, but the score and everything was just kind of average. So I gave it, I'm there with you. I gave it a five. It's just right there. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way. Eh. That, yeah. That's the rating right there. Yep. All right. Our last category. And this is kind of color. So mainly I think in this movie, we're going to be talking about the costumes. Yeah. I do want to mention one thing aside from costumes. It was a very dark movie. Uh, there wasn't a lot of. There were some scenes set in the day. There were some scenes set in like a very lit warehouse. Yet most of the scenes were either at night or in dim lidded areas, especially with like night parties and things like that. Yeah. Not critiquing it or at all. Like that's that's a good stylized choice, making things set at night. Just something I noticed. So it didn't sway me at all. Mm-hmm. I am thinking more costumes as you are with this. And I have some thoughts. Okay. Hit me with them. What are your thoughts? Not as... I know we're trying not to compare movies, but it's hard with costumes because you see a costume every single movie and they change. That is true. And I do compare a little bit more in this category because you you see, you have the evolution of yeah. the character and of the, the suits and technology and stuff. I feel almost as if it was a downgrade between Iron Man's suit from the first one the first suit was very sleek it was that red and the gold and um it just looked really cool and we had more suits in the first one too to like look at this one Mm -hmm. had about one suit aside from the so two suits the race car one and the end and 
and they just did not look as vibrant. They did not look as sleek. And I don't know if that was more so of them trying to show Tony Stark building new ones and him Mm -hmm. trying, like they're not complete yet. But that's what it felt like. It felt like these suits weren't complete. And then we have Rhodey, who is a war machine, and there is no color to it. It was a complete silver. And it, it worked well as a prototype, but I was hoping for like, I don't know, after you put all the guns on there, maybe put some paint on it. I see that. Um, I counted four suits. Okay, then maybe I'm including roadies. Okay, so what's so one did f- I miss? Four including roadies. I counted the. There was the race car, so the football, um, that he had at the track. Then there was the we're at the birthday party. You had the suit from That's the first right. movie. Then you had the new element suit, and as well as roadies. Um, so roadies, I'm I'm considering the one like the the straight silver and then the the gray as one suit, because um, not much changes besides adding all the guns. Um, so kind of working my way through, I really enjoyed the football suit. Actually, I thought that was a cool way of showing th- his advance in technology, because in the in the entire first film. And again, I'm, I'm, I think the other categories, I'm trying not to compare, but costume, especially in a superhero movie, it's hard to not compare because you have an evolution, as we kind of mentioned. Um, in the first movie, every time he puts on the suit, it has to be in his lab and it has to have the full mechanical of going around him and Jarvis really helping out put on, put on the suit and tie it all together. And then in this movie, the first time we really see him besides in the the stark expo so this first new technological advancement in his suit is in a briefcase and it's just literally the briefcase and then he puts it on and so i thought that was a really cool way of showing like oh he's been working on some cool new tech and while he's on the road he's not going to have jarvis to put on the full suit so now he has a briefcase that has his suit in it yeah i really enjoyed that part too but like looking at the color and looking mm-hmm. at like the scene, I think the red and silver in that scene with that suit really popped with like the yeah. color choice and the like the racetrack. But moving to the other ones, they're all set at night, and I feel like the last suit that Tony had with the new element was just a little bit darker in color than like mm-hmm. the other one, and it didn't mesh well with the nighttime look. So it looked very muddled. I could see that. Um, I did like, I don't know if you noticed, they added in like silver into it. So it mm-hmm. wasn't the classic red and yellow. It was the red, yellow, and like a, a, a dash of these silver parts, which I actually really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I do agree. It was very dark um, and had a lot of dark scenes when they were in the suits. Um, but I do, I do, I do like the suits in this movie. I think they're cool. Um, I think they do a really great job of continuing making Iron Man's suits cooler and cooler as he moves on through the films until the last movie. <laughs> yeah, it's that last one is very CGI, yeah. um, which is a bummer. But it's also hard not to do that with the bleeding edge armor. Exactly, just, we're getting r- way ahead of ourselves. Way with that. ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the suits. Um, 
I actually thought the the element suit was a cool upgrade because I thought it had the cool new chess piece um, of the triangle, and I I thought personally it was sleeker, um, but that's just me. It was a little bit sleeker. I'm just talking more about the color choice on the night. Like looking at a movie standpoint, it just looked muddled. Mm. If it was out in the open in like a normal everyday sunlight, I think it would have looked great. That makes sense. So do you have anything else to add with suits? That is all I have. Cool. Um, I did like Whiplash's whips and stuff. I thought those were cool. Not really Iron Man suits, but I, I liked that elements of it. Um, what was your final score? I have a six. So okay. it was it was good. I enjoyed yeah. the suits. They looked good, especially I liked the design of Justin Hammer's drones and stuff like that too. Those were cool. Those those were cool, not gonna lie. It just wasn't the best thing that I've seen. It wasn't something that I wanted to pause and was like, ooh, that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. so six for me that makes sense um i gave a seven so i don't feel as generous as i normally do when we're grading um because i'm right there with you i gave a seven uh, i think i enjoyed them a little bit more than you did at times um but yeah i i liked them so that is my final score for that all right so now we so- have an average if you averaged all of yours together, what is your final grade for Iron Man 2? My final average is a 6.2. We're pretty close. We're not even a point off. Mine was a 5.7. Okay. So, yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah. It so, was probably, I think, for both of us, this is the lowest rated one so far out of the three. Not that's saying not it's true a terrible for me. movie. Is it not? Incredible, Incredible Hulk rated lower. Okay. Incredible Hulk was a um a six even. Gotcha. So by point two, Iron Man two gets above Incredible Hulk. I don't have my average for Incredible Hulk, so I'm not entirely sure. But I think this is the lowest one. But not to say it's my least favorite. So we'll talk more about that in a later podcast when we kind of rank by favorites. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 5.7, 6.2. I think those are pretty pretty good. Above average. Yeah. It's an above average Marvel movie. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you normally ask this, but I'm going to flip the script and ask you, what are your thoughts for the end credit scene? End credit scene. I actually really enjoy this one. Okay. Um, having Phil Coulson leave in the middle of the movie and have guests be like, well, what's happening over there? Why can't you be with Tony Stark right now? And mm-hmm. then in the end credit scene, seeing where he is and what he's doing. And if you're a Marvel fan, so at this point, casual viewers are probably here. They're not really knowing what that hammer is. But yeah. if you're a Marvel fan, you know who Thor is. You and instantly if the hammer it. doesn't give it away, the thunder at the end before it goes to black, that gives it away. Yeah. And I think this is so far the best one that we've had. Um really enjoyed this and it makes me excited to actually watch Thor now. I haven't seen the original Thor movie in quite some time. Neither have I. Um yeah, I kind of I love and hate this one all at the same time. But before I get into that, what would you rate it on a scale from 1 to 10? 
I give this one a good maybe seven and a half. All right. I see that. Um, I love and hate this one all the same time. And I think the reasons why is because I totally agree with what you're saying. It makes you excited for what's coming next. It totally shows what Coulson was doing and it makes you excited to watch Thor and gets you excited for that. My one problem is that it doesn't add anything to the Iron Man movie. And so if you're looking at it as it's a solo film, it's kind of like, oh, it's just setting up something else. And so it's kind of what we were talking about earlier with this movie kind of feels like a movie that's just setting up other movies. Um, and so I feel like, again, this guy, that kind of did that. But again, as just a Marvel fan and a movie fan, it still gets me excited. And I'm still like, oh, Thor, here we go. Like, this is going to be fun. And so that's where I kind of where I'm at. So I'd probably give it a six or a seven. All right. Well, that was our MCU watch number three. Uh, stay tuned for in the next couple of weeks or so, we are going to go with Thor for our MCU watch number four. And uh, if you want to keep up with it, go ahead and watch it and keep an eye out for it. Tim, take it away. Yeah, we release episodes every week at the same bat time, same bat channel. That is Mondays. And share this podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with your family. Share it with your enemies. Write a review as well. Uh, whether you listen to on Apple Podcasts and it's like a star review, one through five, or if you listen on Spotify, wherever you listen, write a review, leave a rating. We're trying to get this, you know, spread around. We're trying to grow our listeners. And we also want to get better because we we like doing this, but we also know we're new at this still. This is only our 17th episode. So we want to read your reviews and try to get better and improve. So tell us what you like. Tell us what you want us to improve upon. That would really help us out. So yeah. And let us know possibly what you want us to talk about next. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at it's all geek to me. So that'd be awesome. And stay tuned for next week when we discuss Star Wars again. But maybe the not so good side of Star Wars. Done. Catch you next week. Done. Because you know, it's all geek to me.